When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Imagine you're a self-conscious teenager wandering around the mall when a stranger approaches you and tells you that you're gorgeous enough to be a model. But this isn't just a compliment, they mean it too. They wanna turn you into a superstar. You probably feel it in the back of your mind. You begin slightly daydreaming going, oh my God, what could I do with all this money and power and celebrity and access to the world? What could I do? What could I accomplish? And they reel you back into reality and say, all you have to do is show up to their studio, audition, and they'll give you all the tools to make your dreams come true. Once you make it to the final round, sure, there's some fees for headshots and the like, but $1,000 or two is a small price to pay for your big future, right? The trouble is, you may never actually see that money back. Talent schools and agencies pull these scams easily. There's no real regulation in the industry. And even for those that do book gigs, their safety and well-being is hardly a priority. Barbizon is a laughing stock. It's a joke. Uh, if you have gone there for training, if you have taught there, I would definitely say probably not the best thing to put on your resume. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Corporate Casket. I'm the Illuminati, and today we're going to be talking about modeling schools with a laser focus on Barbizon and International Performing Arts Academy. Now, there are a lot of shady modeling schools and talent agencies out there, and the information on them can be very contradictory. For example, if you look up Barbizon modeling experience online, you'll find no shortage of personal experiences. One young woman named Brittany C. says that her sister was approached in the mall and asked if she wanted to take modeling, dancing, and singing classes for free. Brittany claims that she joined her sister for the audition process and afterwards detailed how much Barbizon insisted that famous people had attended. After auditions, Brittany and her sister were told they needed to pay $2,000 each to attend. When her mom said she couldn't afford it, Barbizon offered a discount of 50%, claiming that they really had a chance. Neither of the girls attended regardless, but Brittany seemed hopeful for her future as a model and actress by the end of her video. Brandy Michelle, on the other hand, said she was notified on her secondary spam email account that she was invited to a Barbizon competition. Brandy claims she had nothing to lose, but everything to gain, and she attended. After that, Brandy was told it was a first come first serve process and she called the company at 8 a.m. to see if she made it through to the next round. And I've never heard of competitions working that way, but moving on. Brandy says she made it through and then there was a fee, which makes sense, it's a competition, she explains. And I'm sorry, Brandy, but doesn't fully make sense to me, but okay. Made it on to the next round, super duper excited. Now the next round did cost money. Like that competition, there was like a fee, which makes sense, it's a competition. I don't remember how much it was, but, um... Brandy did well and eventually found an agent, though not through Barbizon themselves. Yet Barbizon has asked Brandy to speak at their events as a success story all the time. On the other hand, a former instructor has said, don't get caught up in the fact that somebody in a mall told you and your kid that you're pretty and talented and claimed that the classes at Barbizon aren't even being taught by qualified teachers. Of course, Barbizon is a chain, so maybe this depends on the school, but she even calls them a joke, a laughing stock, and something you probably shouldn't put on your resume. This former instructor also says that she isn't stating this as a disgruntled employee, but someone speaking out of genuine concern. 
Other industry professionals like Wendy Wright say that even if stars have been to these organizations, it doesn't mean the schools are responsible for their success. All kids get out of this is some experience and it doesn't impress casting directors to see Barbizon on a resume. So what does Barbizon do exactly? And are these modeling schools worth it at all? Let's get into what modeling schools are to begin with and then talk about the particular schools themselves. Training for the day when heads will turn to look at them at an academy in Fulham, London, are some of Britain's models of the future. Their hands gesturing on the fashion stage will make automatically graceful- Though we could go back a millennia to discuss where modeling comes from, today, let's just focus on runway, what many of these schools are meant to teach. Runway modeling came in around the 19th century when mannequins or living mannequins began to replace displays in dressmakers' salons. Charles Frederick Worth is one of the first fashion designers to use live models and his wife, Marie, modeled in his salons from around 1858 to the 1870s. She also trained their house mannequins, which would put on dresses to allow clients to see what they'd look like on a human figure. At first, catwalk or runway modeling was often done by these full-time mannequins who lived in these couture houses. They were often poorly paid and barely respectable, according to encyclopedia.com. When fashion magazines emerged, actresses and society women were often the ones in the dresses, keeping photo and runway models separate until the 1960s or so. However, the importance of live models began to grow and became revolutionized. And unfortunately, the beauty standards and body expectations grew with it. In 1924, designer Jean Patau traveled to New York to recruit American mannequins to model in Paris for his American customers. Apparently, his American clients had a physique that was longer and leaner than that of the rounded fresh Venus. It was also around this time in 1923 that the very first American modeling agency, John Powers Incorporated, opened. During this decade, it wasn't just fashion that journalists were reporting on, but the individual models themselves. Certain in-house mannequins became well-known, and a couple of decades later, modeling was seen as a respectable profession. They were also finally allowed to move. In 1947, when Christian Dior showed off his new look for the era, he encouraged his models to do theatrical turns, knocking over ashtrays in the audience as their coats swung around. Though progress in the department was a bit slow going, by the 1960s, top models could earn $1,000 for a one hour show, which is about $9,000 today. Supermodels rose to absolute celebrity status and stardom, leading the women like Naomi Campbell, Tyra Banks, Cindy Crawford, and Kate Moss becoming household names in the 90s. With the rise of modeling also came the rise of modeling schools, of course. Archive footage from the British Patheth shows young women at an academy in London. This is one of the most up-to-date schools for models and mannequins, the narrator says, as women practice hand movements, stretches, and leg exercises. For this is one of the country's most up-to-date training schools for models and mannequins. An instructor gave them tips on how to do their hair and what to do for which dress they're wearing and how to curtsy. The video also mentions how intelligence and attractiveness are characteristics of the first-class model, which I can generally appreciate. Similar 1964 footage from a Mayfair modeling school shows models learning to walk with books on their heads. Though interestingly, the video states that housewives also go to these modeling schools just to learn how to wear their outfits better and to make the most of their looks. So where does the scam portion of all of this come in? Well, from what I've been able to find, the questionable modeling schools are the ones that seem to care less about a model's genuine potential, but how deep their pockets are when it comes to paying for expensive training. Learn about an exciting career in modeling. Call now for your free Barbizon booklet and start on a new, more fabulous- One such school that's been accused of putting money before modeling is the Barbizon Modeling and Acting School. They've been around since 1939 when they were founded by Helen Frazier. 
She was the first director and originally marketed Barbizon as a charm school. And this feels incredibly fitting considering she also edited a binder style book called The Charming Women, all about hygiene, grooming, and manners. According to Barbizon Insider, many of their alumni have gone on to become famous actresses, actors, and contestants on America's Next Top Model too. These days, Barbizon claims to be a driving force in the modeling and acting industry. Their website reads, "'What really sets Barbizon modeling apart "'is not our industry success, "'but the personal success of each and every student "'that participates in our modeling programs. "'We believe in giving children and teens "'the skills that lead them to success "'in modeling, acting, and life. "'And although we cannot guarantee the outcome "'or predict the future, "'we strive to provide a rewarding "'and uplifting experience "'that will carry our students "'through whatever life may take them.'" Though the last sentence may read a bit like a disclaimer, I can understand why it makes sense to include it. Schools in the art fields, be it music, acting, drawing, or modeling, can't promise that you'll have a successful career. Still, Barbizon does claim that it can give you the tools to do so. Their classes range from modeling training, like makeup application or hair and skincare, to acting training, dealing with improvisation, monologues, and cold reading. And even personal development in self-confidence, dressing for success, and speech and voice projection. However, to be a bit brutally honest here, I'd much rather attend that 1955 London Modeling School or the 1964 Mayfair one after seeing footage that they have on their website. If you click on Why Barbizon, all you'll get is at about a minute and a half of modeling photos or brief clips and a list of services they provide. You don't really see any of the classes in action or the other minute and a half of this four minute video is just like their logo over a white backdrop. Like seriously, I don't know why it's there. It seems to be a mistake, but it happens more than once. The IPAA or the International Performing Arts Academy has also faced similar accusations. While you can still find their Facebook page, their website is no longer available. Now there is another IPAA, the International Performance Arts of America that continually popped up when I tried to research the school. So just as a side, these two are not the same thing. The IPAA we're talking about does seem to reach runway modeling and back in 2014, they expanded to certified high school level curriculums for teens. In other words, kids that work for massive studios like Disney and Nickelodeon have to be homeschooled while on set and IPAA started offering the same method. I was able to access the IPAA's website through the Wayback Machine to see what they said about their programs. One of their archive pages said they offered accelerated seven-day training in modeling, acting, singing, and dancing, and another featured a slideshow of celebrities like Ashton Kutcher and Avril Lavigne. I wasn't able to find any definitive confirmation that either of them attended IPAA, but it seems like the school's advertising that their students have worked with these celebrities before. While I can see why this would be pretty misleading to kids, it's important to remember that these modeling schools aren't really going to get anyone jobs to begin with. Modeling schools might give you more confidence or even some sort of certificate of completion, but that doesn't mean anything in the modeling world. They're not an agency. To be accepted into a genuine legitimate agency and find solid representation, you actually need to show up to a casting call, maybe send a headshot and resume and have the look that they're looking for, whatever it may be. Modeling schools, at least those that are questionable, accept anyone that has the money to pay. And that's the only requirement. Now, there's absolutely nothing wrong with a modeling school in the sense of it being a charm class. If you wanna gain some confidence, learn how to do your makeup and hair better, get a bit of a fashion insight, there's no harm in that. And it certainly seems to make a good foundation for any model to have, but it doesn't give you or guarantee you a career. This is where that gray area comes in and where people have had issues with Barbizon and IPAA in particular. They seem to claim one thing, these amazing connections into the modeling industry while really just looking for ways to overcharge. The very first filing against Barbizon I was able to find actually dates back to 1998. In it, Catherine Curry requested reimbursement of about $1,500 for her tuition. 
She claims that she had been told by Barbizon that she was selected for the final spot in their modeling class and informed that the school intended to send her photo around to potential clients like Macy's and Mervyn's. She paid $1,500 for 10 modeling classes, but was not furnished with any job offers according to the paperwork. By making these promises, they were acting like a talent agency as opposed to a school. And Catherine alleges that this violates labor codes that strictly prohibit talent agencies from referring artists to a business in which the agency has a financial interest. It's these kinds of questionable moves that led to the Talent Scam Prevention Act of 2009, which quote, prohibits talent services from engaging in the business of talent representation and charging money upfront for the premise of securing jobs. This was meant to restrict vague language and promises, like when a modeling school says they can get you work in the modeling industry itself. In 2016, this bill was strengthened further with an agency scam prevention bill in California to target more and more of these agencies that promised minors they could be an internet star overnight. Yet the year after this Talent Scam Prevention Act was passed, Barbizon was handed a class action lawsuit because the damage had already been done. Courthouse News Service wrote in 2010 that the Barbizon School dupes aspiring models for thousands of dollars in tuition by falsely promising print, television, commercials, and film work at $50 to $150 per hour or more. In actuality, none of their 2009 class graduates had any work whatsoever, and only 1% or less of Barbizon graduates find work in the first place. Those that signed up for the class action suit said that they paid $2,145 each for totally worthless training, and they were all fed the same line about how we're looking for new faces for our agency from Barbizon. The plaintiffs alleged that they went through an entire audition process that sure looked legitimate, auditioning and meeting the director, but it was a ruse to give them an air of exclusivity to make that expensive price tag worth it. However, these vague promises are still widespread, and in 2017, Barbizon and IPAA were faced with a massive lawsuit for making them. According to Deadline, IPAA would often bill itself as the most prestigious facility of its kind, despite making up total falsehoods that Halle Berry, Jennifer Gardner, and Chris Hemsworth attended their programs. And none of them have, and Hemsworth said he'd never even heard of the place and was appalled his name had been used in such a way. If IPAA really was so prestigious, why lie about who attended the program? They should have plenty of talented and successful alumni to choose from which means they're either lying or they simply have so many celebrities in their program, they got confused about which ones attended. Given that a former instructor told Deadline, quote, they are using all these people's names and it's totally false, it sure seems like the first option. While you might agree that Barbizon and IPAA were competitors, Deadline also alleged that they were actually conspirators. They shared the same national director for over six years after all. The schools naturally deny this and they've argued that the lawsuit just focuses on Barbizon referring students to showcase, which doesn't make it a scam. This showcase, however, is a massive piece of the supposed scam itself. Angelica Casillo, who filed the suit, said her child had graduated after they paid about $2,000 for classes in Sacramento. But once graduation came and went, she was pressured to spend $8,000 more for her child to attend the International Performing Arts Showcase in LA. This showcase would allegedly put these kids in front of a talent agency and management companies throughout Hollywood, which for an aspiring star sounds priceless. They already paid 2,000, so what's another eight, right? Deadline writes, a 2011 letter written by the Los Angeles mayor welcoming the showcase to town and recognizing IPAA's efforts to assist new talent in realizing their dreams and goals by creating an arena where they may want credible industry professionals to help in furthering their careers is used in the showcase's promotional materials. This is why, as the lawsuit puts it, defendants just accepted or selected victims that had deep pockets. The former IPAA instructor added that they take anyone who has money, despite the schools acting as if they were carefully calculating their decisions about whether or not to accept students. 
The IPAA's own recruiting manual confirms this and reads that, remember, you are always looking for reasons to logically accept them today, while telling recruiters things like, I am only able to select a very few amount of young ladies today. The entire process we heard about earlier, the interview, audition feel, and meeting with the directors are nothing more than sales tactics. Not only does the IPAA manual guide recruiters, but it spells out what to say in black and white. Here's one portion. I spoke with our executive director and I told her all about why I feel you should be accepted and told her that I was particularly pleased about your blank, blank, and blank. And here the interviewer is told to name three things that are most striking about them. Good grades, height, enthusiasm, lots of activities, etc. And I have great news for you, the recruiter goes on. Of course, you need a lot of training, but you did it. I'm choosing you for my exclusive modeling or acting team. You did it, you made it, you've got it. Congratulations, I'm so excited for you. Give your mom a big hug and thank her for bringing you here today. After manipulating young wannabe stars with these strategies, which the manual claims has a 60% success rate, then they offer the education and instruction. And this whole process is so incredibly gross. Reading even just that one portion, uh, sickening. It sort of reminds me of how we found that scammers manual for romance scams. You know, something like this exists, sure, but actually reading the tactics, it just makes my stomach churn. Obviously, every parent wants to see their child reach their dreams and their fullest potential. So these schools are exploiting those good intentions as much as they're exploiting these kids' dreams. I'd also hazard a guess that these schools aren't just saying that recruiters should go after people with deep pockets, but simply those willing to pay. If they find a family in poverty that's desperate to take a chance to make their kids' dreams come true, I don't think they'd say no to that chance either. Barbizon and IPAA may be the schools that carried out these manipulative tactics, but they're not the only ones at fault here either. Lion Management, owned and at times operated by Larry Lionetti, acquired Barbizon over 45 years ago. Much of the Lionetti family, like Larry's wife, Lena, also has their daughter and son work within these modeling offices. Lena also addressed the IPAA that was suspended by the California Secretary of State for failing to file a required statement in regards to their taxes since they're listed as a domestic nonprofit, by the way, which that's very interesting. Lena revived IPAA for the lawsuit to defend themselves though. And as we've seen, they don't seem to be active at this present time. It just seems like a very, very shady family business to put it mildly. Now the lawsuit itself is available online. It gives plaintiff Casio's entire case in detail. Another important aspect to note is that IPAS, the International Performing Arts Showcase parents paid thousands of dollars for allegedly violating labor code section 1702. This section states that no parent can own, operate, or act as an advance fee talent representation service. In other words, the way in which they said, give us money and we promise your career will thank us later is breaking the law. Digging even deeper still, Casio argued that Barbizon was desperate to take advantage of people because since 2012, their company has been insolvent and unable to pay hefty debts. Allegedly, both Lion Management and Barbizon would issue bad checks to their employees that frequently bounced, overdraft their accounts, and failed to pay back fees and refunds to customers. Former employees have raided Barbizon on Glassdoor, and while there are some vague positive comments, the negative ones do seem to tell a similar story to Casio's lawsuit. One from February, 2022 claims that there's no work-life balance. And they also say that Barbizon takes advantage of poor families. Two more that same month call them horrible and a scam that lies to kids and their parents. Considering that this case occurred around the same time that they started to get deeper and deeper into debt, it just feels like Barbizon was willing to resort to any shady tactic to stay afloat. And it's just my opinion, but it certainly feels that way. Now, before we continue on through the rest of the episode, and in particular, the next section where we're gonna talk about how these modeling schools did not actually protect their models from various forms of abuse or assaults, I'm gonna place an ad sponsor right here. 
The reason I'm putting this is because if you continue on after the sponsor, it can give you, you know, two to three minutes to mull over. Do I wanna continue to hear this information? Because we are going to discuss some graphic details about some things that did or did not happen and how models were hurt in the process. So if you continue on after the ad section, just know that uh, content warning, there will be graphic details of different types of assault. And if you choose to end today's episode here, I totally get it as well. With that being said, here's the sponsors. Paying off high interest debt can feel discouraging. You keep making payments, but your interest basically cancels it all out. Well, Upstart can help you pay down that debt to get back to living your life. Upstart is the fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan, and you can do it all online. Rather than looking at only your credit score, Upstart considers other factors as well, like your current employment, income, and your credit history, all to find you a smarter loan rate. You can check out rates online without impacting your credit score for loans between $1,000 and $50,000. So it doesn't matter if you're trying to consolidate high interest debts, maybe pay off your credit cards, or get some money to start a new project. Upstart is here to help. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash MLM. That's upstart.com slash MLM. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Upstart.com slash MLM. Today's episode is also sponsored by Honey, the easy way to save when you're shopping on your phone or computer. And I love shopping online just as much as anyone else, but sometimes I'm pretty terrible at keeping track of promo codes. But now I have Honey to find those precious money-saving codes for me. And Honey is a tool I've been using at this point, I think since 2017 or 2018. Like I have been using Honey for so many, 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 many years. And what's been really great about using Honey for all of these years is I've really gotten used to how Honey works and just how it can save me money. And I've used it for everything from food, clothing, gifts for friends, moving stuff, new furniture, like you name it, I have done it. And Honey is really easy because it's a free shopping tool. It just searches the internet for promo codes and applies the best ones to your cart. So you do the hard work by shopping and they help you at checkout. And now Honey doesn't just work on your desktop, it works on your iPhone too. Just activate it on Safari on your phone and save on the go. So if you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting the show. And I'd never recommend something I don't use. So get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash casket. That's joinhoney.com slash casket. Now, unfortunately, things get much worse as we continue. Again, I'm going to put a content warning here for sexual assault. So please skip ahead from this topic if this is gonna be uncomfortable for you. A few years ago in 2016, it was revealed that Barbizon took part in far more than just vague promises and potential swindling. Janine Kaiser filed a lawsuit that Barbizon did not properly vet the photographer she was working with and sent her straight into the arms of a child predator. According to Janine, she was 14 years old in 1992 when her parents enrolled her in Barbizon. She was promised she would find modeling jobs and told this is your chance to be discovered. In January, 1993, at 15 years old, she received a certificate of graduation. That summer, they called with a job offer and told Janine's mother to take her to a studio in Bonita, California. She drove Janine to several different shoots there where the photographers molested her. Barbizon didn't monitor the shoots, but within a few months, the photographers were arrested for sexually molesting someone else. Janine's mother was furious, rightfully so, when she found out and Janine told her, saying the same thing happened during their shoots. 
It wasn't until years later in 2014 when Janine had her own young daughter that she wondered whatever happened to them. Infuriatingly, Janine learned that photographers skipped bail and had never actually been prosecuted. They just had outstanding warrants. Barbizon faced no consequences or accountability. In 2016, Janine decided to file a lawsuit against both the photographers and the school for what they had done. She claimed, quote, the photographers got a rapport with me. They made me feel like they cared about me. He had sex with me. His girlfriend had sex with me. It was sexual intercourse and it was all videotaped. It's upsetting to know the school is sending girls out and children out there and they're doing nothing to supervise. Though Janine herself uses the term having sex, I wanna make an important note that she couldn't consent at only 15 years old. These photographers raped a child. The school's response, by the way, which is, it's mind boggling. They just called it an unfortunate situation. That's literally what they said. They claim that they strive to educate and communicate safety practices, but they are the ones that seem to put Janine in the situation in the first place. Now, because I know I'm gonna probably get some comments saying, why didn't Janine's mom stay with her? I want to explain that aspect for just a moment. One of my writers has done some modeling in the past and at one point was signed with an agency as a child. She claims to have had two vastly different and relevant experiences when she was about 13 years old. We're gonna call her Nicole for the sake of the story because she doesn't really wanna talk about who she is. I know I have a few writers. We're not gonna speculate. We're gonna just move on. Here's her story. In regards to the agency, Nicole's mother specifically requested that she be allowed to attend the first photo shoot where Nicole could build a portfolio that could be sent out for jobs. For one part of the shoot, Nicole wore a one-piece bathing suit and the photographer requested that she wear a two-piece. Nicole was not comfortable or sure of how to say no, but her mother put her foot down and insisted that Nicole was too young for bikini photographs. Nicole modeled as a young adult, even without the agency, and claims that while some photographers tell you that you can bring a friend to the shoot, some of them really don't want you to. In a separate experience, Nicole claims that she entered a singing contest as a child, and after the contest, she was approached by a modeling and singing school. They told Nicole that for several thousand dollars, they could teach her how to be a better singer and model and made promises about showing her in front of talent scouts. They seemed to represent themselves as a school and agency and had the same, you're lucky to be chosen attitude and Nicole's mother declined their invitation. Though this was some time ago, Nicole believes that they were John Robert Powers modeling school, which had very similar complaints to Barbizon and IPAA. Now, again, I haven't found any definitive resolution to Janine Kaiser's suit, but it seems these modeling schools are far more common than you may think. And some of these instances may also be unfortunately more common than you may think. Judging from what we've seen thus far, it most certainly seems that these types of companies like to put profits before people. And in this case, these people are often young, naive children. So what can people do to protect themselves, if anything? The FTC has warned about talent scouts and modeling schools, explaining the several ways to know if you're potentially dealing with a scam. If an agency asks you to pay them or a school guarantees you work and promises large salaries, those should all be red flags. Rushing you to sign contracts, insisting you work with their specific photographers and bragging about their success are other sure warning signs. This isn't to say that every single company that brags is definitely a scam, simply that many scams out there do use these tactics. To avoid being scammed, the FTC recommends researching the company, asking for references and getting everything, even spoken promises in writing. Naturally, there are exceptions to the rule and some companies do everything they can to seem legitimate. One agency run by former America's Next Top Model judge, Noel Marin, has been the subject of a civil lawsuit filed by a booking agent and several models. If you can't trust someone of authority on one of the most famous modeling television shows out there, then who can you trust? It just seems to speak volumes as to how shady some modeling companies are. Of course, modeling scams can get darker and even worse than what these schools deliver. 
I want to again issue a warning about a little bit of a sexual assault and trafficking for the rest of the episode. It's important to recognize that this is only the tip of the iceberg for modeling scams. In 2016, CNN reported that a former Miami policeman used to stalk female models online and lure them to fake modeling auditions. Then he would secretly drug them, rape them on camera, and the footage was then sold online as porn. Prosecutors have stated that some of the victims do not remember anything until the following day when they are awake, half naked and semi-conscious, either in their own cars or in their hotel rooms, sometimes covered in vomit or urine. While some schemes prey on those hoping to find success, others are indefinitely more disturbing. That's why it's so incredibly important to teach young models, aspiring or otherwise, that it's vital to be careful and safe in the industry. Even the most reputable agencies out there aren't licensed with any reputable body, which according to CNN is why critics say that scam operators can sort of blend in. It's extremely difficult to tell the honest and dishonest people apart, leading to much of this falling into a gray, questionable area. I think the obvious resolution here is, I think that there desperately needs to be more oversight into this industry. It's incredibly obvious how easy it is to scam people and hurt people and do terrible things to people that are unsuspecting. Even so, something has to be done because these bad actors and their bad acting, modeling, talent, agency, school shenanigans aren't really going anywhere. It really doesn't seem like they are. So until more action is taken, these kinds of scams will most likely also continue to happen. But that of course is my opinion from the collection of research that we have found here today. And that of course also ends today's episode. I hope you learned something new here today. And if you did, make sure you're liking, following and subscribing to stay up to date on all the latest episodes. Thank you so much for spending some of your time here with me today. And if you'd like to connect outside of these episodes, make sure to click on my Linktree link in the description box. It has all of my social media, as well as other streaming platforms that I'm on and other projects that I'm involved in. Thank you so much for your time here today. I really do appreciate it. And I'll see you in the next one. Bye.